This is The Antidote on 92.7 FM. from last year's self-titled release from Towers. 
I'm Dave Hawkins, and this is The Antidote, where we take a look at Christian music that doesn't suck. You know, there are a lot of artists who are Christian in faith, but they hate being labeled as a Christian band. And often it's because it can put limits on what kind of an audience will be drawn to their music. Certainly the case with tonight's featured artist, Towers. But putting labels aside, what Towers does really well is to record great music with solid topics. Listen into our conversation with Towers for our discussion about their music and their new album that released just yesterday called The Great Minimum. Enjoy. From Flagstaff, Arizona comes the music of Towers, and the band has joined us on The Antidote to tell their story. I understand we've got most of the band here, so can each of you introduce yourselves? Yeah, for sure. My name is Kyle Miller. I do lead vocals and play guitar. My name is Greta Miller, and I play the electric bass and sing as well. My name is Emma Chrislip, and I play the cello. And I'm Corey Miller, and I play the drums. So we've got three Millers in the band. There's got to be a relationship there. <laughs> we are related. It's, it's a family affair. It's, we're all related. Immediate family. Except for Emma. Except for Emma. <laughs> Correct, yes. <laughs> She's the adopted bandmate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always interested in how a band comes to be. How did it happen with Towers? We started playing together um, pretty organically out of a community of faith that we were all going to um, and playing music at. It's a church here in town called The Commons. Um, and, and through that, we all found that our musical styles melded well together. And so we started just jamming on a couple of songs and really organically, more out of our friendships and love for one another and music, we just started the Project Towers and it is what it is now. What about the music scene in Flagstaff? Like, how does the music of Towers fit in? Yeah, the music scene here is is really punk. Um, we live in the mountains, and so there's a lot of bluegrass and folk influence, which is where we get a lot of our folk influence on our album from. Um, we have a pretty wide range of, of music here. Um, Flagstaff's not super huge. It's a college town, so with all the college kids here, it's about 100,000 people. And um, which doesn't always lend itself to a lot of different music variety, but I would say for a small town, there's there's quite a lot going on. Christian musicians often write lyrics from a different perspective, and of course, I'm seeing that in your music. You know where the songs draw from issues you're dealing with in your lives, and how the faith aspect comes into the process. Yeah, I, I think spirituality for us is something that's holistic, and it's not just a piece. So in that sense, um, our music is definitely Christian music. Um, but being associated with the Christian genre to us means something different. Um, and so that's why we've decided to go with folk alternative, even though our worldview is Christianity. Um, but the things we're writing about, we're looking at through the lens of our faith. I remember when I was young I was fickle, you were so strong I remember trees as they called your name Mother told me, listen up close There's a story they have composed Look how the clapping arms are swaying high Do you remember back on 
ago tower spoke with the hello lovely blog and greta had said and this is the quote my hope is to be one small part in helping convey the vastness of gray area between christian and secular music well what about today like do you still think there's that kind of dividing line i i I think so obviously just because the the genre exists um and i think as humans we compartmentalize a lot of things but our hope is is just to to tell a narrative, um, even if you don't agree with our faith view, that you can still relate with. Um, because I think we all experience, regardless of our religious preference, the same things as humans. 
And, and so through our music, we're trying to convey like that message and the difficulty of that gray area that we're dealing with, um, that we are people who are Christians. It's a very difficult thing to, I guess, not get put into that so that your audience can be a little bit wider, if that makes sense. So often people don't want to be put into that genre, even though they are Christians and often their song can speak to Christians. Is it just because so often Christian music is just considered to be second rate? It could be that. First of all, I don't want to put down Christian music, I think. Oh, I often do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it depends on the, on the artist. But I, I do think that, that for us, we wanted a, to tell a story to a wider audience. We felt that labeling ourselves as the Christian genre would um, disable us from maybe being able to speak to people about the love and grace we've experienced, that if they saw that we were uh, a band that ascribed to that genre, that they wouldn't even give us the time of day. Um, and we try, to, we try to speak from a point where even if you don't agree with what we're talking about, that you can still pull some sort of interpretation out for your own life. But it's not because we think it's second rate. It's just who we want to speak to. And we thought that it would limit us. And that Christian music and that genre has a certain connotation that semi-turns people off. And I think our idea in Towers is that we are writing and playing about our passions and the excitement that we have for life. And it's relatable across the board. It isn't something that is put into a genre per se. And I think that's how a lot of singer-songwriter bands in general feel is they want people to experience the story that's being told rather than putting the music into a predisposition and, and feeling kind of boxed in by the, the limitations that a Christian genre um, feel might have. Patient with me 
You're going to deal with all of your songwriting, basically looking at the issue that you're talking about, and the faith aspect might be incidental or it might be non-existent. Yeah, I think our songs, especially this next album we're working on, is definitely a mix. There's um, songs that are just from our life experiences, and there's songs where our faith comes into play with that, some songs more than others. Um, but I loved what you said earlier, that it's definitely... A gray area and we were okay just being in the middle of that line and genre is such an interesting thing because at a certain point we have no control over it we're writing because we love to write and because we believe that's how we were created and so the things that we sing about and and play we're not necessarily um when we're writing them thinking about the audience as much as the intrinsic process that's happening Right, and we don't have a purpose in mind. It's just a part of who we are and something we love to do together. And we kind of just see where where it goes on its own. You know, it kind of becomes its own entity as we write it. And what about that songwriting process? Do you find it's enjoyable or can it be an emotional struggle? The first album was an emotional struggle for sure. Uh, We've kind of changed the process between the first album and and what we've been working on for the past nine months in our second album. The first album was Greta and I's process of creating together because we love to write. You know, when you're when you're writing with someone you love, there's a vulnerability that you even get to um, in songwriting that doesn't exist just even in a regular relationship when you're exposing parts of you that are dark or parts of you that maybe you don't want others to see. 
Um, so the first album was um, definitely an emotional roller coaster. Some songs came really easy, some songs came through tears, Greta and I processing things going on in our marriage. Um, but the second album, we wrote for the most part from the ground up with the band. Uh, the first album was more of an experiment. The second album has been more of an establishing of us as a band, writing together and being in the creative process together, um, both instrumentally and lyrically. And But yeah, the first one was much more emotional than the second because we were figuring out how to write and, and expose ourselves to one another. So this is more of a difference professionally versus emotionally. Most definitely, yeah. The, the second album, we were, were kind of all in on it. Um, as far as wanting to make it a vocation for ourselves. And so because of that, it's, it's definitely still a passionate project, but there's, um, I think profession alludes to business and we're getting down in the trenches with one another in this second album. And it's been a lot of fun. It's, it was a, a really, really amazing experience to write with these guys. We're looking forward to doing more. From Tower's new album, The Great Minimum, comes Helm. I could see my breath in the cold June morning air The sun was pouring in over your mother's hair I was biting my bottom lip and speaking with walls I was holding with a white knuckle grip what wasn't mine I tried 
Wrestle the helm from the waves of life Just because we're breathing doesn't mean we're alive You're the sweetest reason I've come I've only heard one of the songs from, I guess, your upcoming, which is Helm. Right, yeah. So is that pretty indicative of what's going to be coming along? In some ways, the composition is indicative of that. Uh, the types of instruments that you're hearing, the cello, we're, we've added a full drum set to this album. We've added electric guitar to this album. We're just going for a little bit more of a bigger sound. We found in the live setting, we all enjoyed playing those songs a little bit more in, in a bigger sense. And so Helm was the first song we wrote on the album. And so we were experimenting a lot with this new sound. And I think as we went along, we figured more about what style we want to play on this second album. So it, it, it is in the, in the way of composition and the instruments you're hearing, but the songwriting goes all over the place in this one. Which could keep it really interesting. We hope so. You know, I find so many artists tend to put on a false front. You know, and they make out like they never have any struggles in their life. I like the honesty of Dark Waltz from Towers, you know, where you're sharing a time of really straddling between dark and light. Don't you think we should always be that honest? I, I think that honesty brings people healing, um, especially at the artist level. And I think that's how we can create something genuine that we can share as a community um, and touch people at a deeper level. So in every song that we write, I want there to be honesty like that. Um, I think life's too short to beat around the bush about heart issues that I try to address in Dark Waltz. And what kind of heart issues were there at that time that you were dealing with personally to write a song like that? Um mainly de just deep depression mm. and um, suicidal thoughts and things of those sort, uh, an extremely low self-esteem and just feeling a, lo a low sense of value about myself and trying to grasp at something that would make me feel valuable. So that's that line that you're talking about between dark and light.
with the devil And he whispered to me If I run fast enough I'll finally be free I lost my breath in front of these gates All the pride, all the fear has stolen my heart away So I Another song that I was really enjoying from you guys is Whiskey and Wine. Could you fill us in about that? Definitely. Yeah. 
Whiskey and Wine was written kind of about when Kyle and I first said I love you. Um, Kyle and I are married. We've been married for three years now. And when we were dating, we took a trip to Mexico with some of our friends. And we were overlooking this beautiful sunset on this hill. And that was the first time that he said I love you. And in that song, we wrestle with the fact that we're both so messed up and broken and dirty, but somehow we still love each other and we see past those things. And that's kind of where that song came from. And Kyle, no help from Greta on this question. What date was it? <laughs> I'm really putting you on the spot now, aren't I, man? It was, uh, well, it had to have been, uh, it had to have been in October. Of course. <laughs> It had to have been in October. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, you know, I truthfully, I don't, I don't recall the the exact date, but it was certainly a magical moment. Oh, you, you got to watch saying things like that because that's when you end up sleeping in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know if I could remember the exact date either, so I'll give him some grace. <laughs> <laughs> Fell in love under the Mexican sun On top of that old rusted hill We watched the sun melt on the horizon I wondered then what I wonder still If I must crooked eyes the shoreline And jagged as these rocks Get my heart locked inside that old wooden box that I built from pieces of my shipwreck at sea Knowing all you know I do, you still love me I'm better like whiskey, you're sweet like wine There's a war inside me that I try to hide Oh, you see right through me every time Melted by the look in your eyes Oh, oh, oh Oh, oh, oh I held you then As I hold you now Like how the sky held the moon that night you spun me round in the salty breeze I wondered if you felt the same as I If I'm as crooked as the shoreline And jagged as these rocks I kept my heart locked inside that old wooden box That I built from pieces of my shipwreck at sea Knowing all you know I do, you still love me Like whiskey, you're sweet like wine. There's a war inside me that I try to hide. Oh, you see right through me every time, melted by the look in your eyes. Oh, 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 oh. oh. 
Okay, then with the upcoming album, describe some of the new music that's coming out on it. Um, we have a, a two songs that I'm really excited about on our next album. The first album was just Greta and I. The second album, we dive into all of us kind of taking a piece of the song recording. And so Emma, our cellist, wrote a song on this next album called Porcelain that we're all really excited about. And there's another song called The Kitchen that Greta and I wrote together, um, again, about you know processing through marriage stuff. And so those two songs, we felt like, came out the strongest on this next coming album. Here are those two band favorites from The Great Minimum. First, Emma's song, Porcelain, and we'll follow that up with Greta and Kyle's favorite, The Kitchen. Hidden place 
loyalty is a gift that we don't see brought to life by storms that wreck the sea tuning in to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. Speak to my chest 
Corey, we're going to pick on you. You haven't said boo all during this conversation. <laughs> I've, said, I've chimed in. Kyle and I's voices, I have found, sound ridiculously similar. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of scary, you know, the brotherly tones. So, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm more than willing to chime in some more. Hit me with a question. Okay, so why is it that drummers make such odd faces when they play? Oh, you know, good question. I think the... Uh, the, the reality of it is just the passion behind hitting a really loud drum. You know, I don't know how you don't make a, a funny face during that <laughs> process. Um, I think in general, though, drumming is just one of those expressions that's so different from everything else where your composition and the dynamic and everything that's going on uh, with that instrument versus everything else, like a cello or a guitar, is just so different that... Um, the, the passion seems to be more of this bodily expression where you're moving your whole upper body. And so that in general just makes playing the drums super fun, especially on this next album. Um, and having parts that are more intricate and more detailed and more loud and um, where the levels we're kind of seeing overwhelm you a little bit more than our, our last album. Okay, Emma, Corey had his chance. Now, is it you that adds all of the class to the band being the cellist? class well i like to go off the term that kyle uses all the time and um i add the flavor to the band um because a lot of bands have like the typical setup of guitar electric drum um so it's kind of cool to add that additional tone and um mood through the cello it's really fun yeah because i grew up doing all the typical symphonies and quartet classical side and um, I've really found that I can truly express myself in this type of setting and it's cool to be a part of a project that we're all really passionate about with people I love. And what about that Emma? Did you find it when you're not performing in a band like Towers that was more controlled? Yeah that word controlled um, definitely. However I do think within that um, and within compositions um, and literature that I would play that there is freedom to be found in a really beautiful way because those guys are geniuses. The big guys, Beethoven, you know, that stuff. Uh, I think the one freedom that I've really learned to embrace through this experience though has been writing um, and creating from the ground up rather than 
making something already created my own. Longing for some distant day Far from all the ash Our bodies will soon decay Like the garden that we lived While I was searching for a feeling Searching for me Circles are the perfect shape For feeling You Were searching for me Circles from the new album, The Great Minimum from Towers. You know, I love this album. Towers has added some new music elements and is really digging deep lyrically. Well, this has been The Antidote with Dave Hawkins, which airs each Wednesday at 9 on Trent Radio 92.7 FM. And next week is Canada Day. You know, fireworks, parades, barbecues, camping, and of course, way too much traffic on the road. But tune in The Antidote as we go retro for Canada Day with a bunch of bands from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. 
Well, it's about time for me to clear out a Studio A to make room for Ben Legere and Owasami Radio. But first, we have the rest of our talk with Towers, and then two sparrows from the great Minimum album. And we'll see you next Wednesday. You have to admit that people are going to have a tough time searching out your band on the net, because Towers has an apostrophe in the name. So you've got to explain what that's about, and also how to find your music. Absolutely, yeah. Ironically, Towers, the way that we decided to spell it was actually a, a marketing um, move on our part, as, as cheesy as that sounds, because we felt that it would be easier to search us. And actually, <laughs> it is. Uh, if you search Towers with an apostrophe instead of an E, so one-syllable Towers, um, we're pretty searchable on Google. Um, so you spell that T-O-W apostrophe R-S. It derived from a lot of the type of literature that we were reading, uh, a lot of Shakespearean stuff, a lot of stuff from ancient texts like the Old Testament, New Testament, um, that were using the one-syllable tower. And we, we enjoyed the way it looked. We um, enjoyed what we felt it was accomplishing as a meaning for us. So we decided to go with it. It's been a real pleasure meeting with Kyle, Greta, Emma, and Corey, all of Towers. And we're going to forget about Kyle because <laughs> he couldn't come. Guys, thanks a lot for joining The Antidote. We really, really appreciate you reaching out to us, Dave. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, two sparrows 
in his thoughts Sighs the river blood that bought And runs for you Such tongues will shed like leaves Love is the barren winter's tree Love is the barren winter's tree Love is the barren